Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. We are just a few weeks away from Apple's expected iPhone 15 event. And so we're going to talk about all the rumors today, as I'm sure you're all excited and wanting to know what you're going to be able to buy in a few weeks. Yes, I'm so excited. I can't believe it It came again already. I know. Time flies. It is wild that fall is just around the corner. <laughs> yes. We say it's like 95 degrees here. I know. Yeah. Reaching 100 today oh, here in Iowa. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we have a full episode today. We've got all our top tips, great gear, and all the rumors coming your way for the iPhone 15 event. First, we want to take a moment to give you a message from our sponsor. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Withings. Withings makes smart health gear that pairs with your Apple devices. They make a blood pressure cuff called the BPM Connect, which is super easy to use and connects neatly with your iPhone. They also make a smart scale called the Body Comp, which measures way more than just weight, like bone mass, water ratio, and body fat. They make a smart watch called ScanWatch, which does almost everything the Apple Watch does, and it looks a lot more stylish, more like a classic timepiece. My favorite of their devices is their sleep tracking mat, which goes underneath your mattress and measures all of your sleep phases. And the coolest thing about Withings stuff is that all of their gear integrates seamlessly with the Apple Health app. So it measures all those health metrics and then you can see it or share it with your doctor if need be. You can find Withings at their website, withings.com. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by Matthias. Matthias makes keyboards that look and feel like the discontinued Apple keyboards, but they've improved upon the design a lot. For one, they've added the numeric keypad over on the side. I think this is essential, especially if you're doing spreadsheet work, anything where you're inputting a lot of numbers. I personally find the number pad to be critical on a keyboard. They've also added two extra USB ports, so you can connect a mouse, a hard drive, anything you want, right there to your keyboard. There's a precision volume adjuster right on the top, and I've got the wired version, but they also have a wireless version, a Bluetooth one, that can pair to your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, up to four devices, and you can switch between them in an instant with the push of a button. The wireless one also has an incredible battery life. You only have to charge it once a year. Also, I just wanna say it feels great to type on. They've really improved on the form of the keyboard. Honestly, no matter how you use your computer, it's such a game changer to have a good quality keyboard. It makes such a difference in your daily quality of life. You can find Matthias keyboards at matthias.ca. That's M-A-T-I-A-S dot C-A. Upgrade your keyboard today with Matthias. Now, I want to take a moment to tell you about our tip of the day newsletter. We have this amazing newsletter. We have 500,000 subscribers. It's completely free and we teach you one thing you can do with your iPhone in just one minute a day. If you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up and join 500,000 happy subscribers who are discovering amazing new things you can do with your iPhone because you don't know what you don't know and we help you discover. 
So our daily tip for today is how to share your location on iPhone via the Find My app. Is this a feature you use often, David? I do. I know this is a controversial one that we've had some debates about. You've gone back and forth. Are you pro shared location right now? So I used to only share with friends like at times, and now I actually am sharing more liberally right now. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, there are a lot of practical reasons it can be nice to share your locations with friends or family members or partners. Um, also, of course, it is a privacy issue and very much something that people need to make their own individual choice yes. about. Um, but the Find My app makes it really, really easy. There is um, a built-in app that Apple made on your iPhone and also on the latest operating systems on your iPad and Mac as well, where you can manage all of your sh location sharing in one place. Um, so the really nice thing about this is it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. You can share your location just for a limited amount of time, um, or you can share it indefinitely using the Find My app. So I just wanted to walk you through that. This is actually one of our most popular tips lately. It had like the most up upvotes on Feedletter. Wow. Um, so you just go to the Find My app, and David and my favorite way to just quickly open an app is to swipe down from your home screen for spotlight search and you can just type in find my if it's not an app that you use regularly. And so what's really nice about find my is it lets you track all of the device Apple devices you own and then it also has a people tab. So you tap people and you can see from there in one list all the people that you've shared location with. And that's nice because there's less of a fear than that you're just going to be sharing location with people that you don't even know. Mm -hmm. We both of us have like horror stories about that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of realizing years later we've been sharing our location with someone or tracking someone's location. Anyway, so then you can tap the plus icon, tap share my location and choose the person that you want to share with. And from there you have the option uh, to share for one hour until the end of the day or indefinitely. Uh, for limited times, that's really convenient for things like a day trip somewhere where you don't want to lose track of someone, but everyone wants to go do their own thing for a little bit. Yeah, I, I do that a lot for traveling. Like I have my like I share always with my partner and then a couple friends. But then like I have a lot of times when I'm traveling, I'll share during a trip or during 24 hours so that while you're on a trip, you can kind of know where people are. Yeah, exactly. Do you share like with a bunch of people or do you? What's your approach these days, My David? approach, I mean, mostly I just share with my partner. I think I have, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who can see. I think I have a couple friends who I've shared with. And some of that is, now, one of the things to be careful of how the sort of horror stories happen is two ways, really. You shared a long time ago and you forgot to check and, and look. So even if you're listening to this and you think, I don't want to share my location. I don't need this tip. It's still a good tip for you because you can check to make sure. I actually have a funny story where this is, so this is the other half of the story. Sometimes you can share a location with somebody and by default, if they share, if you share your location with somebody, then they will share it with you. It's just the way it works. It's like, it, oops, it's like becoming Facebook friends or something. It's both at the same time. Uh, so I was, I had a friend who I'd shared my location with because I was um, wanting to like make sure, have him check to make sure I was safe. I was like going to pick something up or something. And um, he then like 
six months later was going on this long rant of how he doesn't like sharing location. He would never share his location. And meanwhile, we'd been sharing location for like six months and he had no idea. <laughs> did you bring it up? Uh, yeah, I did. I was like, well, I hate to tell you this, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I have been stalking you. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thankfully, it was, a, it was a good friend. So he wasn't too grumpy about it. But uh, uh, my point is that check to make sure who you're sharing with that you want to be sharing with them. And also, uh, when you do share location, the default is for them for it to be both at the same time. So make sure when you're doing that, uh, that you are trying that you're keeping an eye on that. Yeah, which I kind of like having it be reciprocal with the people that I do share with. Um, I've started doing that with my parents and I think it's nice. I also do it with my partner. Um, and it's really convenient for things like we both share duties of taking care of our dog and, um, I can see, I can check quickly and be like, Oh, he's home over lunch. Fox is good. Like that yeah. kind of thing. That, um, it's exactly. convenient. It's one of those things where it sounds like kind of invasive privacy, but it actually is really convenient just to be like, are they on their way home if they're on a trip and when will they get here? And can I make sure I'm home or, you know, how did they go let the dogs out? Things like that. There's a lot of really practical uses. Yeah. There was one time that I had, uh, keys in my purse that were my partners and I went to a spin class and like halfway I didn't mention that I was going to spin and like halfway through he came into the spin studio and like <laughs> went and got them so that's an example where I'm like oh he must have found my location yes. and, and it was actually you know it was great that he was able to get what he needed so you know now you know how to do it and you can decide for yourself if it's right for you a couple last thoughts on this number one one awkward point part of it is if you ever do decide to stop sharing location yes. with somebody, there's no way to do that without it texting them to notify them. Well, so it's a little more subtle than that. It shows up. They won't get a notification, but they will see like in small gray lettering in the message thread, like David Averbach stopped sharing his location yes, with you. You're right. It's um, not a full text message, but it's like there's no way for it to not be in that thread. Yeah. And it's it's small enough that I'm like, mm, maybe someone wouldn't notice because I actually have had people stop sharing location with me somewhere along the way, like friends. And I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't notice it until I went to kind of um, monitor who I was sharing with. But usually, not always, but often when you stop sharing location with somebody, it's kind of a loaded thing. So it's annoying that it sends that <laughs> notification. Uh, the second point I wanted to make is coming with iOS 17, there's going to be, I believe, there's going to be new security features that lets you share your location in a less invasive way. Do you know what I'm talking about here? Actually, no. Okay, so I'm... I'm going to have to double check this, but my understanding is one of the most common reasons to share a location is like I was saying, if you're going to go pick something up on Craigslist or something like that, you're going on a first date, you want to share a location with a friend to make sure that you're safe. Uh, but you may not necessarily want them to know your location the whole time. You may just want like someone in the world to check to make sure you're safe. So now there's a new functionality and I will follow up hopefully next episode and tell you more how it works because this is all off the top of my head. But it's a new functionality that lets you like lets them check on you and check your location if they haven't heard from you in a set amount of time. It's something like this. Oh, okay. Check in. Yes, yes. thank you. Okay. okay. For some reason it just wasn't registering, but you're totally right. In iOS 17, um, there's a new iMessage app drawer and you have a feature called check-in that you can choose where it lets you um basically the idea is 
it will notify someone that you safely got to a location that that you set up with them. So for instance, I could be like within two hours, if I'm not, if I never reached this restaurant or whatever, notify my friend and that way they can try and contact me or should be concerned or whatever. It's a little Um, less all or nothing where they can see your location all the time everywhere or not at all. And it's sort of a middle ground to make sure you're safe while still having some privacy around your location. Yeah. It could be a nice thing. Like what if you're going on a date or something like that um, on a first date and want to give your friends a heads up or whatever, or like maybe you would want to use it with a kid if they were, traveling alone or something like that and make sure you get notified that they got there safely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are both good examples. So that is our tip for this episode. Moving on. I wanted to get, take a moment to tell you about our premium subscription. We have an online educational platform for lifelong learners and Apple enthusiasts. It's called iPhone life insider. We have a community of over 15,000 subscribers who take advantage of our live courses, our in-depth guides. We have a video version of our daily tip that many of you are using and loving. We also have a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine, including our best apps guides and our buyer's guide every year with all of our staff hand testing all of those apps and gear. And you also get access to an ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content from me and David. (laughs) And you also get access to Ask an Expert, which is our feature where if you're having a tech issue, you write into us and you get a guaranteed response from our team. So you can get 30% off iPhone Life Insider if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Now is an amazing time. As we said, it's the most exciting time when it comes to Apple. We're just about to get new iPhones. We're about to get iOS 17, all the new operating systems for the Mac, iPad, and Apple Watch. And we're going to teach you how to use all of those new features. We're going to have live courses with our expert instructors. We're going to have downloadable PDFs and cheat sheets that teach you all the new stuff as soon as it's available. Um, So it's a really amazing time to join. Claim that 30% off or 40% actually if you are a senior service personnel or veteran. So we hope you join our amazing, fun community of Apple enthusiasts at iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And not only will we have an in-depth guide for you and a live class as soon as iOS 17 comes out, literally the day iOS 17 comes out, but also we are in the middle of teaching our Apple Watch course right now, and it's our most popular course we've ever taught. It's so much fun. Uh, And so if you subscribe now, you can attend that as well as be ready when iOS 17 comes out. The Apple Watch course is amazing. I just have to say that helping to teach it with uh, Cullen, I have discovered so many more Apple Watch tips actually in our um, bonus section of the podcast today. I'm going to share a a few of them on fitness features (laughs) and health features. So stay tuned. (laughs) All right. So um, moving on, we wanted to share a question that an insider wrote in um, that I think is a really important one if you use a Mac or an iPad and like to text on your Mac or iPad. And um, so here's what our insider said. My problem is that when I send a text to anyone that is not an Apple user, I get the message not delivered icon in red. Um, sometimes the name of the of who it is going to is also red. This has happened several times only on my iPad. Messages on my iPhone go out to everyone. Thanks. So the response here is that that red exclamation point 
like many of you know, is the message not delivered error. And that means that you need to set up um, SMS on your iPad. So this is a setting that you can set up if you do not have a cellular iPad and it just connects your SMS service from your iPhone to your iPad or Mac. So if I can back up just for a second, because I know that it's a little bit confusing, uh, the difference between the green bubble and the blue bubble. So Apple has a proprietary messaging system called iMessage. And when you are sending a message to somebody else who has an Apple device, it will use iMessage, which is blue. I, I'm assuming everybody knows this part or, you know, this is pretty basic. But the part that people get a little bit confused over is when you're sending an iMessage, Apple is actually using Wi-Fi to do that. So if you have an iPad that is Wi-Fi only, you can send iMessages back and forth because you do not need data. It uses Wi-Fi to send that. If you do not have Wi-Fi, then Apple will use data. But a text message uh, can only be sent through data, cannot be sent through Wi-Fi. So if you're texting somebody on Android where you cannot send an iMessage, then you need to send a text message, which can only be sent through data. And so if you have a if you don't have a data iPad or a data Mac, which they don't sell, uh, then you are out of luck. Thankfully, Apple has come up with a workaround, which is what Donna's telling you about. And what it does is it uses your iPhone's data. So when you send a text message from your iPad or computer, it's actually borrowing the data from your iPhone in order to send the text message. Oh. Yes, thank you for, for that more in-depth <laughs> explanation. So this came up for me a lot. Um, most of my friends have Apple devices, so I was you know freely texting people on my Mac, um, and it was using iMessage, and I just wasn't thinking about it. But then whenever I would try to send a message to like one of my best friends has an Android device, yes. they kept on you know exactly what this insider is saying. They kept on coming back with that red icon. So there's a setting on your Mac and your iPad that you just need to enable. And that way you can um, use SMS to contact people who don't have Apple devices. And when it's enabled, it works really well. It's really seamless, which is why yeah. there can be some confusion around all of this is it feels like you can send text messages from your computer and your iPad all day as long as this one feature is enabled. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, you just need to go into the if you're on your Mac, you're going to go to system settings and you'll go to your messages section, um, and you'll be able to turn it on there. And on your iPad, same thing, you'll go into the settings app and go into iMessage and, and customize it from there. So that is a really handy thing. Cause I, for instance, I find texting on my Mac to be so much faster. I can type on my keyboards much faster. So a lot of times I do my responses there. Well, yeah. And especially if I'm working, like if I'm on, if I'm not by my computer, I rarely will go open up my computer to send a text message. But I'm if such I'm, a dork. I actually really? will. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what home. I was wondering. That's so funny. Uh, but if I'm sitting here working, it's so annoying to have to go track down my phone and sit there and text even slower when I can just quickly fire off a response on the device I'm using. Right. Yes. Great point. So our last episode, we had uh, David was traveling and we had Colin co-host with me and we talked about all of our hands-on experience with the iOS 17 public beta. And that's episode 202, if you want to get a sneak peek of all the features coming your way. Uh, and our question of the episode of the month was, what's your favorite iOS 17 feature that you're most excited about? So Janine wrote in, she says, thank you for the podcast describing the new features iOS 17 will have. 
I'm excited for the tap to share contacts and also the interactive widgets because I use widgets all the time. Also, the stickers from photos will be fun. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to this new Apple update coming September. Thanks for all you do to keep uh, users informed and educated. Thanks so much for listening, Janine. Um, we also had Bonnie write in. Good to hear a bit about the iOS 17 changes. Will you do a program when we can update our phones to learn hands-on about these changes? I wanted to include this one to just answer this live for all of you. As soon as iOS 17 comes out, which we're expecting, we'll get into the dates um, in, in a few minutes, but we're expecting mid-September, we're going to have live courses and also guides available if you become an iPhone Life Insider subscriber. So again, you get that 30% off if you go sign up at iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. Um, so David, I know you recently installed the beta on your device. I thought I just reading these comments out, wh what are some of your favorite features? So I haven't had a chance to mess around with live widgets yet, but I'm really excited to. Um, have you had it? Are they like enabled from most of the widgets yet? So it was really nice. I recently went to Madison, Wisconsin for a concert and I was using Lyft and I really liked the interactive. Um, oh, no, this is the live activities widget. The live so activity had that for widgets. A while. Yeah, but I feel like people have started to roll them out more because I've had that yeah. same experience where recently I've used a few apps that didn't used to have it in do and Lyft was one of them and it was so great. It's so nice seeing in real time exactly like you can see uh, the um, car getting closer to you yes. like on your widget. But sorry, iOS 17 widgets. That This is um, really useful for me in the reminders widget and also in um, podcasts because I can now from my widget start playing or resuming a podcast that I was listening to before without actually having to open the podcast app. Yeah. And it's before it was kind of like, why even have the widget if it yeah, has to make you open it? Exactly. So I love that. And then with reminders, I use that a lot for checklists and it's nice. It just actually checks it off from your home screen that and you don't cool. have to open reminders. Um, it's also nice for streaks, which is a third party app where you can just like, if you have certain things you're trying to keep up every day, you can just mark that off cool without opening it up so yeah i love the interactive widgets cool so yeah i'm just because because i wasn't on that episode i was a little bit slow in getting the beta set up so i'm just starting to mess around with it i had a lot of fun with the contact cards though i was messing yeah. around with that yesterday set one up for myself set one up for my partner and they looked great they were fun when she called me it was like it felt really nice it's funny because it's one of those little details for a phone but like you get phone calls. That's what phones are for. And it was nice to have the ability to have this really cool, sleek contact card. So you actually set one up for your partner, right? Yes. But when she gets iOS 17, um, I'm curious how, like, she'll probably customize her own. And then you can, you'll be able to choose whether to keep yours or her version. Yeah, partly sure. because right now most people don't have iOS 17. I thought it'd be fun to set some up for people so yeah. I could kind of experience it. Um, but yeah, down the road when she sets one up for herself, then it'll be... I'll have to figure that out. All right. So before we get into all the iPhone 15 event rumors, we, we have some apps and gear to share. You yes. want to go first? Sure. Real quick, the, um, I've also been messing around. I really like the new way the text message, like the new dock works. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm trying to remember what the like official term yeah. is for it. Um, I think it's app dock, right? Did I get that right? Or app drawer, maybe? App drawer. Okay. I think it was app drawer. But I'm not 100% yeah. sure. So the way it works on iOS 16 is when you go to text, you have these little app icons that are kind of above the keyboard, but below where the text field is. 
and they've gotten rid of that and it's really nice because it you don't use them very much and it just takes up space and it's cluttered so the app feels a lot sleeker and then when you there's a little plus sign on the left side and when you tap it it pulls them up and it pulls them up like kind of the ones you use the most instead of just being cluttered by a bunch you don't use yeah and dono was showing me yesterday how you can do live stickers which is like obviously not the most like utilitarian feature but it's fun and uh i think it's gonna take off too yeah so basically you can take any photo that has that's a live photo and just like you used to be able to isolate the foreground and the background and take the subject like a person and kind of pull it as a sticker you can do that but now it's like builds a little live sticker a gif and they're really fun yeah i think the reason they'll take off is because in live photos sometimes you catch something hilarious or so it's like you can create a live sticker that replays of someone tripping for instance like we had like in our ios 17 group chat there are a lot of funny things like that and so i think a lot of people with messaging each other like trying to have it be funny is part of it. And then also really cute stickers of kids and pets and things yeah. like that. And, and if they can move, it just adds a lot to it. Yeah. So I'll have a lot more to follow up. This is a huge update. There's so much there. So I'm just poking around now, but um, I'll keep you all posted as I discover cool new features. Yeah. Cool. So moving on to apps and gear, I, I can go first actually. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, I recently went camping and in general right now I'm, um, collecting a lot of outdoor adventure gear for our buyer's guide later this fall. Uh, so I was asked, I requested some camping type stuff and there are these string lights that are solar powered. And it also, the charging case for that doubles as an iPhone charger and they're like amazing. So it's the Lucci solar string lights plus detachable power hub, power hub. Um, the company is empowered and they're 69.95. Um, and it's a 44 inch, um, string. So it really, what we did was that we strung it up in our tent. Um, you could also string it up in trees, Mm -hmm. but it just made, it has three different lighting, um, sets. So you can have it just really dim lighting or actually like fully light up your whole tent. Like you could easily play cards in there or do something like that could be your sole light source and you would be able to see pretty well. And it just created, it just made the tent so much more charming. I, I was really impressed with it. Also, you can just leave it out in the day so it charges up. Um, We had them on for like four or five hours that night and uh, they they still stayed on. It's hard to know. Like we did charge it ahead of time, so I don't know how much of it was solar charged. I'll have to test that out (laughs) a little more. But from what I could tell, it's a really great design. It's been getting like on all of the camping blogs right now. It's being like featured as the best thing. And I definitely would agree it was awesome yeah i was just looking it up as we were talking and it as you were talking and it looks so cool because it, it kind of hits a bunch of points right it's like solar powered so it's easy to keep charged yeah it's pretty affordable that's not too expensive yeah it, it, it makes it look really nice like they're really kind of cool looking lights and like you said you can light up your tent at night which i like never bothered to do and also charge your iphone yeah which is really really nice yeah. no that's super cool yeah um also just in general i like warm light as opposed to like really cold light and it just had a a really pleasant glow yeah which in camping you gotta kind of you gotta have the right vibe yeah it's true (laughs) (laughs) all right what about you i can go next uh similar to you i have a feeling we're gonna have a lot of gear related to our buyer's guide because we are both preparing to write articles for a buyer's guide and um 
one of the things we do is we do not ever review anything that we've not had hands-on experience. So it takes us a long time. We're reviewing a lot of products. We probably, at some point down the road, will actually do a full uh, episode on some of these topics. So I'm working on my smart home article. As you all know, I love smart homes. And I've got a lot of new gear for you. Uh, today, I was going to talk about my new smart vacuum. Oh. Do you have a smart vacuum? Oh, my God. No, I didn't even know it was a thing. You did not know about, about it? Oh, my God. I mean, I know about robot vacuums. Is yeah, that yeah, what you yeah. mean? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. I was like <laughs> trying to imagine. Yeah. No, I do know about that. Okay. Okay. Um, so this one, I had one from way back in the day. I wrote an article years ago on smart homes, and I had one. And it it was really expensive at the time, but it just never worked very well. Like it would always get stuck places. It would always like end up tangled in cords or like just it never quite worked to the point where you ended up just giving up and vacuuming. <laughs> so this one is I'm really happy with it because a it seems to work a lot better. It's called EcoVac Deep EcoVac Debot, <laughs> uh, and it mops. So it what? vacuums and mops. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. Yeah, and so I have two dogs. I have a Husky and a German Shepherd. So this is saving my life right now. Like there is just always for, in the summer they're shedding, there's for everywhere. And you can just have it go vacuum and mop every day. That sounds so nice. And it's so it's so funny because it, it, first of all, part of what I love about it is it has much better AI than the old school vacuums. So it doesn't get stuck very much. It actually literally has like, when you look at when it's done, it'll show you a map of where it vacuumed. And it's like literally just a floor plan of your house. It's wild. Um, and you can, um, so it, you like put in, it's mops with hot water and you put in some mopping fluid, some cleaning fluid, and it'll vacuum, it'll mop. Uh, it has AI and, um, sensors so that it'll like avoid your rug or it can kind of lift above your rug if you want to vacuum your rug it one of the horror stories for every, anybody who is familiar with robo vacuums is if your dog has gone to the bathroom and you don't smearing know smearing it everywhere yeah so apparently i have not tested this nor do i i hope to never test this but apparently the ai knows to avoid it okay that's amazing because as you're saying this i'm like this just sounds like the technology has reached a place where it's really useful because um i've had a few different robo vacuums and they just a lot of times get stuck on stuff yes. and then you end up having to like babysit it the whole time and are like why didn't i just vacuum myself yeah it's not perfect it's definitely gone stuck a few times but it's it's kind of reached the tipping point where it doesn't happen enough where it's that annoying do you have it set like on a schedule so that you don't have to um you know, you could just like have it going every day and then clean it out once in a while or uh, because I'm still in the testing period. I haven't done that because I'm still a little nervous just to have it start going. Yeah. And I will say it does require a little bit of babysitting. Like I need to make sure all the doors in my house are open that yeah. for the rooms I want it to go in. I need to make sure that like, um, I don't know, there's just little things I want to make sure is set up for it, that I have <laughs> the right amount of fluids for the mop, like little things yeah. like that. So it's not, I mean, you can definitely automate so it does it every day. I have not reached a point where I trust it yet, but I have reached the point where it's like very worth doing to the point where I'm happy to do it. Whereas before I had a, va a smart vacuum that I just never used. Uh, and if it's more like a once in a while, like you have to get up and unlodge it from somewhere and you just have to open the doors ahead of time. I agree. That's still like that still means you could be doing something else while the vacuuming is happening. Yes. Um, and that makes it really useful. It's more just that if it's like every 
20 seconds it's getting stuck. Exactly. That's the problem. Now, here's the problem. Here's the downside. To get a vacuum that is, like we're saying, they sell these uh, robo-vacuums in a wide range of prices. But the cheaper ones are, have all these problems we're talking about. So this one's yeah. expensive. It's about $1,000. I was getting ready for There's that. There's the catch. I know. So, you know, it really depends on your price range and your needs. I have two dogs, a cat, and they both shed, and I love it. So I strongly recommend it with the caveat that it's not in a price range for everybody. And I, you know, I do want to test a few others that are on the more budget end to see where the technology has come since last time I tested it, because there, I'm sure there are worthwhile budget options, but you, unfortunately, unfortunately for robo-vacuums, you get what you pay for. Yeah, that's good to know. I definitely think for living a more allergy-free life, that seems worth it, though. Yeah, the mopping really is nice. On yeah. hardwood floors, it's so nice. Yeah. All right, we're ready now to get into the iPhone 15 event rumors. We'll start out by talking about expected dates. Uh, for a while, the rumors were going back and forth, where we were going to first get a September 6th event, and then more recently, people have been saying the 12th or the 13th, and the rumors have really settled into that. So instead of getting the like post Labor Day event, which Apple sometimes does, it looks like they're going to wait another week. September 12th is looking the most likely to me. That's a Tuesday. If we can just back up for one second, I'm sure most people are like us and just diehard fans who know exactly what you're talking about. But for those who don't, Apple each fall has an iPhone announcement uh, and it's always almost always been September. We're speculating when. So in the spring, they often announce Macs and iPads. In the summer, they announce new operating systems. And then in the fall, they usually have one or sometimes two announcements. So almost every September would be the new iPhone announcement. And then they have all these other devices that they'll either include in that September or sometimes they'll do a follow-up October or November announcement. So this is what we're speculating on. The Apple never tells you ahead of time, so we're trying to figure out when. Usually it's kind of the first couple weeks of September and based on the rumors, based on looking at the calendar, you can guess. So yeah, okay. So we're thinking September 12th. Yes, and I'm calling it the iPhone 15 event just because, like David said, we pretty much always get a new iPhone in September um, and that, you know, 15 would be the next one. So that's what we're most likely expecting. But then there are other rumors we're going to get into in the episode too. Yes. Um, so yeah, September 12th, I think is our best guess, but in the next, you know, we're recording this on August 22nd. So depending when you listen to this, we may have an actual, Invitation from Apple by then, we'll know for sure. Usually you get an invitation about a week in advance, sometimes earlier, but usually you'll know about a week ahead of time. Apple does do a live stream, so we will have a follow-up podcast to cover it. But if you want to watch it live, you can. Yeah, I feel like since the pandemic, Apple has deviated slightly from its usual traditions. Like, you know, the events now are mainly uh, pre-recorded. Yeah. Um, but I still think Apple's going to most likely do the usual week in advance invitation. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that means based off of that, we'll most likely get iOS 17 rolling out to everyone's phones on the 18th or 19th. Usually Apple doesn't make the new iOS that comes out with a new iPhone available that day. It's usually the following Monday. So um, that's where we stand on on dates in terms of what to expect. Um, so let's talk about the iPhone 15 first. Yes. I, I've done research on that. David has done more on the other 
rumored devices like the Apple Watch. So to me, this isn't looking like the most like the biggest overhaul of the iPhone ever, but there are a lot of features that seem exciting, especially for the iPhone 15 Pro Max. Yeah, they always try to sneak things in the Pro line. I know, which I can't remember. Have you ever, you have had a Max by now, haven't you? I, I have one right now. Like, that's the Pro Max. For some reason, it's like not, it doesn't look as ridiculously big to me as I was expecting it to. <laughs> I am never going back. Uh, really? Yeah, I love the big screen. It, it's definitely a little bit bulkier, but it's not bulky enough to be... It, 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 it's just worth it for me to have the bigger screen and the nicer feature. It's longer battery life. So, yeah, if you're in the same uh, camp as David, you'll be excited about the Pro Max because that has uh, the most exciting new features. But I'm going to start out by talking about the features that all models of the iPhone 15 are expected to get. First off, all of the iPhones are expected to go USB-C. Yeah, that's... A big one. Yeah, so it'll be end of the lightning era and into the USB-C. I mean, we already have that on the new MacBooks and on the iPad, but the iPhone has been kind of the last one standing on that. Yeah, this has been a long time coming, just to go back in time a little bit. When Apple released the lightning cable, they went from a 16-pin, so that really fat charging cable that we had on iPods, two and eight pin so it's a lot it was a lot thinner it was reversible it was great it was like way ahead of its time but then USB-C has caught up and become the standard and now lightning is sort of it, it really fractures the ecosystem where if you have an android or you have an iphone you can't charge on the same cable also uh apple has started doing USB-C for some reason on ipads so it's just become this weird thing so i'm really looking forward to the having one cable that i can use everywhere uh, part of why Apple's doing this is the EU forced their hand and actually started regulating this, that all devices sold in Europe have to be USB-C. So Thank you, EU. <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit mixed feelings about yeah. that sort of regulation, but in this case, I am happy to have all USB-C. Yeah, because it's not only for Apple devices, it's also for all all the third-party gear you get. Um, it's really nice when you can not have drawers full of different cables and have just one standard for charging. And still so many third-party gear um, gadgets I get use micro USB. Yeah, which is so it's so not going to come. Yeah, and like USB-A is still used on certain things. But um, it does seem like more and more products are using USB-C. So hopefully that's the direction everything moves. I think it's only a matter of time. Now, I will probably talk about this for the next few years because I get weirdly obsessed with cables. <laughs> <laughs> but just because it's all USB-C does not mean you can use the same cable with everything. Thing. David Otterbach, weirdly obsessed yeah. with cables. <laughs> that should be my Twitter profile. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's USB-C does not mean you can use it with everything. Actually, there's different functionalities that are unique to different USB-C cables. So how fast it can charge, whether it can do video, things like that. Just you, be, be careful with USB-C that it's not going to be one cable to rule them all ever. So sorry to burst your bubble. Just in the rumors. <laughs> it's true. I know. Like Thunderbolt versus, I mean, it's a whole thing. It's a whole it's Thunderbolt a whole thing. really is a whole thing. I, I had to dive deep into that to get the right cable once. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So USB-C across the board. Then um, 
the dynamic island, which we got in the pro versions of the iPhone iPhone 14, is is going to be coming to the base models of the iPhone 15, apparently. So right now there's a notch at the top of the iPhone 14, and just the last few years of iPhones have had that notch at the top. And Apple came up with a design change starting last year that has basically like a little island at the top of your display where it houses your front-facing camera lenses and also face id technology so they haven't found a way to like not have anything obscuring your screen but then they used a combination of you know that as like a hardware uh spot on your iphone but then they used um software features to sort of make the dynamic island a feature as opposed to an obstruction of your display. And I do like the dynamic island. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this, even though I will almost, almost definitely not get a base model. I'm just such an enthusiast. I tend to get the pro models. Um, But I'm excited about this because I love dynamic island. I think it's a really nice innovation. It's really well executed. But because it's not on the base phones, they cannot make it universal. Yeah. And I think when it's everywhere, then a lot of more apps will start using that space and adjusting to it. Uh, and Apple will be able to really double down on a lot of those UX things. So I'm excited about this because it's better. So people who have the base models will enjoy it and we can have more universal features for it. Agreed. Yeah. So um, another feature that looks like it's coming to all models is a button that basically will be the iPhone version of the action button that you see on the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, So apparently Apple was testing out having the volume up and volume down buttons and the side button that you have right now. Instead of being a hardware button, you can press in having it be uh, like software feature where you would you could customize um, different things you could do with huh. the with those buttons, but um, that that got like abandoned at some point and the action button took over, which just lets you choose from a few actions that you can take with a button. Um, for instance, like you could trigger a focus mode that you like to use on your iPhone or turn on your flashlight or do something just that you like to do on a regular basis, which I think is interesting. Um, I, I know they have it on the Apple Watch Ultra, right? They have it on the Apple Watch Ultra and a couple people in the office, um, uh, Olena and Noah, both love it. Yeah, people love it. So people I, love I'm it. curious to try it. I don't know what action I'll use, but... I think for me, focus mode. But yeah, I don't focus mode that much. I'll probably do like a flashlight or maybe like activate Siri or something. We'll see. Oh, yeah, I could see that. But yeah, I think it's nice to have customization. For me, it's not... Um, it doesn't sound essential enough to make me like, yes, I need to get the new iPhone oh, for yeah. that. But um, it's still, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. So that's pretty much all the base level features. Uh, for the pro models, we are um, going to get an updated processor. Well, actually, both models will, but the base model will just get last year's processor, the A16, oh. um, which re- last year they just stayed on the. they didn't have an updated processor so the isn't that right i can't remember i was just trying to remember yeah i think that's right but anyway so the base model won't have the latest processor and the pro models will have the a17 which is just expected to have um, an extra core in the gpu for smoother graphics um one thing I thought was kind of interesting about this is that the iPad now has um, Apple's own M1 processor, and mm-hmm. I wondered, I wondered a little bit, like if the iPhone would just get 
one of those processors. At what point do we just have one chip that is in all the devices? Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm not a chip expert, so it's hard for me to weigh in too much. I know that Apple is kind of branding the iPad as being a laptop replacement. Mm-hmm. So I think in that sense, it makes sense to give it an iPad, um, like a laptop chip. Um, I, I know that for uh, your iPhone, there's some other considerations like power usage. So it might, I, I, I think they'll probably keep them separate because I think you just have different considerations. And I think, I don't think you need that type of power in an iPhone. So if anything, it's overkill on the, on the iPad per, personally. So I know that's kind of what I thought. Um, since Apple has stuck to the same mobile operating system on the iPad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Specifically. But yeah, so for design-wise, the Pro models are supposed to switch over to titanium from stainless steel, which is lighter weight and also expected to have a little bit more of a rounded corner. You know Hmm. how the iPhones right now, it's like a really hard kind of square edge? Yes. Um, Which I don't personally love. Like, I don't think... um, I know some, some people thought that looked really sleek but it just makes it look like such a slab and there's something about it being a little more curved that's nice i don't i i don't have big opinions i agree i sort of like i feel like apple's just alternating now and each time we're supposed to get really excited like <laughs> it was like a beveled edge and then they're like no just like the iphone 4 it'll be a hard edge and everyone's like oh my god best design ever and now they're gonna we're gonna do the same thing all over again i feel like apple just wants to Switch it up a little bit so that people can have an indicator that they have a new phone. Yes. Which is why I always got the fancy new color. <laughs> yeah. The titanium, though, to me does sound nice because it's lighter weight. And just having an iPhone that's lighter would be nice. And that also is um, tougher against drops and things like that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll get into price in a minute because that's going to affect the price. But Mm. other things, um, the pro models are supposed to have smaller bezels using technology, something called LiPo. Okay. I can't remember what LiPo stands for, but (laughs) the thing that you mainly need to know is just that it'll have, it'll be even closer to being an all screen display. Which, which is nice because you end up with a phone where you have this huge display and then some of it's taken up by this bevel. So I always like, it always... You don't think you would notice, but it actually usually is pretty noticeable that when you in- decrease the bevel and have closer to edge to edge display. Yeah, like going from it's supposed to go from 2.2 millimeters, the current one, down to 1.5. So that's significant. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of cameras, there is going to be um, updated lenses. Uh, they're supposed to be on the Pro Max, the periscope telephoto lens. And we've been hearing rumors of that for a while because I remember like trying to figure out what periscope meant. Um, but <laughs> Do it's you have a, an answer for us? It's supposed to be a type of lens that will let us have up to six time optic, uh, optical zoom when right now um, the max is three times, which is already pretty great. So the Pro Max is supposed to get this extra amazing optical zoom. And just to give you guys context on that, digital zoom is what you usually want to avoid. That ends up just enlarging the pixels as opposed to capturing more data. Whereas optical zoom, you can actually zoom in you know, in this case, they're saying up to six times without losing any resolution. Yes. So that's pretty, that's a pretty big thing. Um, and then the upgraded lenses, I'm trying to remember 
what the upside is that oh yeah we got 48 megapixel lenses last year in the base models and it's supposed to bring that to all or in the pro models and this year 48 megapixels is supposed to come to all models did you think going to 48 megapixels like made a huge difference for you you know i mean it's it's always hard to tell i'm not doing a lot of like comparing contrasting but what i will say is this and it's relevant to the periscope lens i found that 3x zoom was often too far like a lot of times 2x was the zoom that i wanted to have and with the previous phone i could have a 1x or a 3x and having the 48 megapixels was enough megapixels where it allowed me to do a 2x zoom it's now one of the toggles and it didn't distort the image very much so i end up using that to have 2x a lot Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, cool. And what do you, how's your battery on the Pro Max? It's great, although I see this rumor here and it could definitely be better. Like it yeah. more or less lasts me through the day and a normal day, like a work day where I'm not using my phone very much. I could not charge it at night and still have maybe a quarter of a battery left. But if I'm like, tra- like when I was on a road trip and I just had my phone out all day, it didn't really make it through the day by like... By like seven, eight at night, it was pretty much dead. So for heavy usage, it would be really nice to have a little bit extra battery. But obviously, we're spoiled with the Pro because it's a lot. The Pro Max is a long battery. My partner has a second generation iPhone SE, which does. It's just such a constant reminder to me of how spoiled I've gotten with batteries (laughs) because pretty much like consistently he's at a 3% battery or something like that. Um, So yeah, my 14 Pro is pretty great about lasting probably like a day and a half even. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still, I always want more battery. It's like so nice just to not have to think think about it or worry about it, especially when you're traveling. That's what I was gonna say. Do you have like, do you have the same experience as me if it's a heavy use day? Like if you're you're on it a lot, like it'll drain before the end of the day for me. And if you're traveling too, you're more likely to be using battery hogging apps like um, navigation. Yeah. And you're just nervous because like, I mean, I've been traveling a lot lately. And if your battery goes out while you're traveling, it's a whole new level of problem. Yeah. Because your iPhone is kind of the key to everything. I mean, for me, it literally has become that because it's literally the key to my car. Yeah. (laughs) And it also, I often don't carry a wallet anymore. It's like your wallet. It's your car keys. Exactly. I'm really out of luck if my phone dies. A lot of times, even now, like your ID you can like have on your phone. So yeah. Yeah, you don't want it to die. So we're supposed to, in the Pro Max, get uh, longer battery life. Um, I'm trying to think if I lost anything. Oh, so this is the thing that's a bit sad. I think we're going to get a price hike this year. Everything's more expensive these days. Even though the iPhone's been expensive for a long time, it's going to be more expensive, up to $200 more. Um, That's sad. The things I've been reading have said $100 to $200. Okay. Higher on pretty much everything, which is... A bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but yeah, what based on those rumors, what do, what do you think you'll buy? I mean, uh, definitely the Max. Like, if they're bringing even more features to the Max, I'm pretty yeah. all in on it. I think definitely you have to wait and see because we do our best. The rumors are have gotten a lot more accurate than they used to be back in the day. But Apple often will sneak in one or two surprise features that we didn't see coming that do make a big difference. Also, seeing is believing. Like, seeing it and understanding what the true difference is between these devices will help make a decision. But right now, I would lean towards the Pro Max because I like the latest and greatest. I like the bigger screen and having the newest features. What about you? I'm actually, for the first time, considering a Max. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think that, um, especially with like the better graphics processor too, it's big enough that you can actually watch media on it, which sounds nice. Um, The better camera, I always want the best camera, the best battery life, like all that sounds really nice. And I carry a purse anyway, so I don't know why I've been so resistant to the bigger display. Yeah, I find myself doing a little bit of light work on it. Like not a lot, but I will, for example, not only just check my email, but like I will sometimes write it on a Word doc or use a like you know, I'll, I'll log into Google Analytics, do things like that where I wouldn't on a phone that had a smaller screen. Yeah. I mean, I I do a lot of work. I end up doing a lot of work on my phone too. I mean, a lot of it is like Slack or Zoom and it would be nice just to have a bigger display for that. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Okay. What else, David? Okay. So I've got a few for you. Um, the truth of the matter is that not only is the iPhone always the headline, but this year in particular, it sounds like it's going to be. Most of the rumors are small changes to the other devices. So we'll start there. Um, Apple Watch, we're looking at the Apple Watch 9 now. The rumors are that this one in particular is going to be largely iterative. So as usual, we're talking about the kind of usual updates, better battery life, faster processors rumored that likely will be true because that's almost always true. Um, other than that, the only rumor that I'm hearing is a pink. We're going to have a pink Apple watch this year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so better battery, just to revisit that to me, that's one of the biggest areas that Apple could improve on with the Apple watch. Um, are they expecting it to be just uh, incrementally better battery life or like actually a a bigger change there? You know, I, so first of all, I agree with you that, you know, even though we get it every year, it's probably the most substantial up upgrade is the processor and the battery life the rumors i was reading did not give specifics so that yeah. but all the tone was iterative so i'm guessing it will be marginally better not dramatically better but we'll see not like two days instead of one maybe yeah. like an extra few minutes <laughs> uh and we do have a rumor for a new apple watch ultra and that one also is rumored to be iterative so the rumor there is that we're going to get a black titanium apple watch ultra it seems like titanium is a theme of this year. I think it's in titanium. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe it's finally gotten cheap enough. It sounds like it is an improvement. So, yeah. So maybe it's finally gotten cheap enough slash they're raising the prices. Like tougher and lighter weight does sound better. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to bounce around here. Um. Not a lot of Mac rumors because we've gotten quite a few Macs already this year. But there's rumors of an M3 iMac. Which is a little bit overdue. I believe the iMac is still on the M1, I want to say. So that will be exciting if it comes out. And um, also rumors of a larger iMac, a 30-inch iMac. So that would be nice as well. The rumors are no new MacBook Pros, which is not surprising. iPads, the rumor is there's a lot, a lot of rumors that we're going to finally get an OLED Ooh. iPad Pro, but that's in 2024. Sorry, oh, sorry, I didn't mean sad. to get you excited. So it, the rumors are that it's coming, but not this year. Probably my guess would be spring of 2024. The area where, sorry, I was going to bounce to another topic. Oh, I was just going to say, it sounds in general like 2024, we're going to see bigger updates like the, I, um, the Apple Watch. I don't remember the specifics but that we would get a bigger overhaul next year on that too that makes sense apple often alternates years so if we get a really iterative update on apple watch then that means often they're working on a bigger one for next year and the apple watch ultra launch was last year so that was big exactly exactly yeah 
AirPods sound like they're due for a pretty decent size update. So yeah, a few he, things like rumors here. are heating up on that one. Yeah, this is the one where I kind of read the most rumors. First of all, USB-C. So I'm guessing everything's going to be USB-C moving forward, but the rumor is a USB-C AirPod. Um, AirPods Pro. Uh, interesting. There, there. The rumors are a lot of health sensors and metrics. So, for example, a temperature sensor. Oh. I think Apple has on the new Apple Watch, correct? A temperature sensor? Yeah. Well, like for fertility tracking exactly. and things like that. Yes. So they have that. But um, now for the new, for apparently it's, it's easier to take your temperature in your ear, um, which makes sense. Like a lot of times that's one of the ways doctors will take your temperature these days. I know it's if kind of... AirPods Pro, you're going to be able to do fertility tracking through your earbuds? That's the rumor. That's a wild. It is a wild one, but that's what we're, I'm hearing. The other one, which is makes a little bit more sense, in my opinion, is hearing metrics. So you're going to be able to actually collect data to measure your hearing, what you can and can't hear. Apparently, you'll be able to do tests. Um, so that would be cool. That is cool. Uh, also, to me, like, scary. I'm like, oh... What if my hearing isn't good? Yeah, exactly. Do you even want to know? Um, but, you know, obviously we have a n- kind of a new range of like smart hearing aids. Uh, and I doubt that we're going to go all the way there. But things I could see Apple moving a little bit in that direction, like AirPod Pros or something that we all have in our ears. They don't have stigma as, um, you know, sometimes hearing aids can still carry a little bit of stigma. So I could see them moving in the direction of hearing health is what it sounds like they're going to be doing. Uh, also, interestingly, a cheaper AirPods, an AirPods Lite. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, which I'm intrigued by because oftentimes with AirPods, I actually, I'm, I think I'm in the minority, but I don't love the noise cancellation. Um, I love noise canceling headphones for over ear, but if I'm just like around my house, work, uh, like kind of cleaning or whatever, I want to be able to hear when other people walk up and start talking to me. Or if I'm at work, I want to be able to hear when people start talking to me. So I don't mind a cheaper AirPod. Uh, so AirPod Lite does appeal to me. Finally, um, Apple's AirPod Max, which a little bit doesn't get a lot of like love. They When they released the AirPod Max, they did this weird thing where Apple Music is lossless, uh, which basically means it's not compressed. So when we use Bluetooth headphones, you compress the audio. It's something that the human ear, you don't notice it right away, but over time, you're actually, it's just a lower quality audio. Um, so they, Apple AirPods Max were not, did not support lossless. So Apple Music supported lossless, but their own headphones did not, which they're really expensive headphones. It was a bit of an oversight in my opinion. So apparently they're gonna correct that and they're gonna release new AirPod Max that are lossless. So they'll be much higher quality when listening to lossless audio. I don't know. If yeah, I too technical there. Well, it definitely seems important. Like if Apple is going to all that trouble to have lossless audio, that they should have something you can listen to it on. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a bad look for Apple to release headphones that didn't support their own lossless audio format, especially their highest end. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, finally, new AirTags is the rumor, which I don't think we've gotten new AirTags since the original. Like they don't update I don't think them so often. Either. Yeah. These are apparently, again, unfortunately, I'm not here with a ton of really crazy, exciting new things. Longer battery life, which is nice because my original AirTags are starting to run out of batteries, so they don't last forever. Um, so longer battery life, as well as apparently so better support for different frequencies so that you can find them easier. 
Nice. Uh, that, that pairs nicely too with uh, iOS 17 feature that lets you share an AirTag with someone. So for instance, if you just have like a shared item in your household with a partner, oh, you can both cool. track it using your Find My app, which is, I think makes the AirTags a lot more useful. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to being able to, to use that for car keys, <laughs> specifically with my partner, because both of us are constantly <laughs> losing them. I don't lose my iPhone that much, but I'm always losing my car keys. I have one on my car keys. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, those are our rumors. Um, I I just bought AirPods Pro recently, so I am not really in the market for AirPods necessarily, but I'm curious also about the AirPods Lite. Um, I, I think I complained in one podcast recently about how the second generation AirPods, not the Pro model, don't fit in my ears. Yeah. They're like making them hurt and they kept them popping out. And I started re reading online how this is a common issue. So I got around that, by the way, with the AirPods Pro, since they have all these different sizes of inserts, like I did find one that works well for me. Oh, okay, and cool. I just don't use noise canceling unless I'm on a plane. And so far I've been super happy with them. People love them. Yeah. But I, I keep thinking about getting them, honestly. I think I highly recommend actually, but I am curious if they have like a budget version of the AirPods, if they would ever just go back to their like original design on that. Cause like those were great too. Yeah. Um, and there's something about just having them, not fully inserted in your ear with that, um, with the attachment that just, you feel a little more like in touch with your surroundings, exactly. which is nice. Actually. I don't like the new style of ear earbuds that pretty much everybody's gone to, which is like the tips actually seal your ear. Seal. So it's better sound quality, but then you're really cut off from your surroundings. Yeah. So I would love to hear from all of you listening what you're most excited about for the Apple event. Send your thoughts into podcast at iphonelife.com. What are you hoping Apple releases in September? Yes. Um, stick around if you're an insider. We have a special section for just for all of you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll be back on the event day as soon as Apple announces it. You'll know when that'll be. Um, David and I are going to do an announcement that day to recap everything that Apple just announced. Yeah, so definitely we're coming up in the really crazy season. As soon as the Apple announcement happens, tune in and we will cover all of our reactions. Thanks, everyone.